And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. They came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things, pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. You may be seen. Folks, as we see in other places throughout Scripture, there, that Jesus Christ left His place, uh, set aside His glory and His power to become flesh and, and to walk this earth and, and, and to be the sacrifice for your sins and my sins. And if we think about that birth of Jesus Christ, we can go back as we have the Word of God today. Uh, we can go back and we can see a lot of the prophecies that were there. Uh, go back to the book of Isaiah. He speaks of that, that virgin that's going to bring forth a child. Uh, we see that, that God spoke of this from all the way back in the book of Genesis. There were prophecies given that the Savior was going to come. That seed of woman that it referred to back then is Jesus Christ, this one that, that was born of Mary, the one that was overshadowed by the Holy Ghost and became with child. Uh, you know, there's things that we don't understand how this could happen. There's things that, that, that we can never figure out uh, how God did all these things. That's why His ways, His thoughts are higher than the heavens and above the earth, the Scripture says. But there's one thing about it. That's why we need to walk by faith. Uh, we can't uh, explain it. If somebody would ever tell you sometime, well, you explain to me how that God came down in the flesh and became a small baby. How that the Holy Spirit overshadowed a woman and she became a... Explain all those things. We can't explain those things. But by faith we accept them. By faith we believe them because it's the truth of the Word of God. But when you think about Christ being born and you read here in, in Luke's account of what took place, uh, we would uh, think about some magnificent birth. And there were many that should have known about the birth of Jesus Christ. Many that knew the Word of God about uh, the coming Messiah that, that should have been expecting Him. But because He didn't come as they expected, they missed the whole thing. Uh, sometimes we got to understand God doesn't work the way that we think. God doesn't work the way that we expect. God doesn't move in, in, in our timetable or our calendar. Matter of fact, God doesn't have a timetable, folks. God doesn't have a calendar. He doesn't have a clock on the wall. He moves as He desires. And we just sometimes need to learn to be patient and allow God to move. But nevertheless, we, we don't uh, expect God sometimes to move in certain ways. And, and if we don't just have uh, our eyes and ears open to His Word and, and walking by faith and believing, we can be like these individuals and we can miss the whole thing that God would have for us. Certainly when you think about these Pharisees and Sadducees, the upper echelon or the upper crust, however you want to look at it, of the religious authorities of that day, uh, no doubt if they even thought about the, the birth of the Messiah, if they even thought about the Savior coming into the world, they probably thought about, you know what? God's going to come tell us. 
You know, we're the ones that are out there. We're the ones that are instructing the people. We're the ones that are keeping everybody in line, making sure they, they at least keep with the law or their sacrifices and, and all these other rules that are put in place. Certainly, if God is going to send a Savior or a Messiah into the world, He's going to come and tell us about it. And, and not only is He going to come and tell us about it, but we're sure, and I, I'm just, just going along here, we're sure that there's going to be some great palace, or it may be the king's uh, chambers or whatever, but there's going to be some great place, maybe even right in the midst of, of the temple itself, that God is going to send this Messiah. But yet when we read the story, we see that that wasn't who received the announcement first of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, we think about folks, and as I said, we, we don't want to get too religious. We don't want to get too caught up and, and with, with, with the, 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 the parts of, of, of everything that we miss that truly what it's about is the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you think about it, as we begin reading there in, in verse 8, it talks about these shepherds abiding in the field. Now, uh, if you read the first few uh, verses of this chapter, it gives us the unfolding of how that uh, decree was sent out. They had to leave, go back and pay taxes. And on this journey, we see that Christ was born. As I said, we know the story and we're not careful. We can get numb to it. But how that he was born in a manger, there was no room in the inn. But when he was born, the announcement was made. Uh, an angel from heaven was sent by God to give this announcement. And who was the announcement given to some lowly shepherds up on the hillside. You think about it, folks. These were individuals that were considered just about the, the lowest class there was. They had a dirty job. They, they had a, a, a vile job to some people. They, they never were. They weren't respected. And, and there were a lot of times they would take these herds of sheep and, and they would move them from place to place, be gone from their homes for a long period of time. But yet it was their job. And you know, I heard somebody say one time about the, about the only person lower than a shepherd was a leper. Now you think about that, how, how people treated lepers. Unclean, don't even get near me. It was almost that bad for shepherds. But yet, we see that God chooses His ways, as we said, are higher. His thoughts are higher. But yet, God chooses these shepherds that were what? In the same country, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. You think about this. The Scripture says, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And you look at that word that says sore afraid, folks, or that term there, it means that they were, were seized with great or gripped with, with great fear to the extent that, that they might even want to run away. Now you think about it, they're doing something they've done day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. Many times they spent nights on the hillside with the sheep, but this night was going to be different than any other night, and an angel of the Lord appeared unto them, and what happened is struck fear into their heart. Now you think about it, man, just, just having that uh, experience that they had, certainly not expecting this, never experiencing anything like this before, but yet we see that even in this announcement, I believe that God had a purpose and God had a reason, and He wanted to, to show His love and His grace and mercy, and, and, and my thought on this sometimes, as I think of this time, is that God wanted us to know that with Him there is no class of persons. God doesn't matter where you are on the, the social ladder. God doesn't matter where you are in the financial world. God doesn't matter if you're rich, you're poor, whatever your background is. Jesus Christ is the gift that has been extended, the gift that has been sent, and the gift that has been given for all of mankind. Amen. And here, giving that message to the lowly shepherds, we see that truly, as the Scripture says, that God is not a respecter of persons. Now think about what the announcement was they received. And folks, 
And I like this part. Listen to what it said. They were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, these two words. How many times do we see this in the word of God? Fear not. How many times has God come upon people? How many times has an angel appeared to people? How many times have we seen people in situations that struck fear to them, but yet they were told to fear not or don't be afraid? Folks, the hand of God is upon our life. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fear. We know that He's going to take care of us. He said He'd never leave us nor forsake us. But anyway, the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, and I want you to look at this, I bring you good tidings. I bring you good tidings of great joy. And what does it tell us? That this is a personal announcement. You know, the angel didn't appear and, and just broadcast the message to the world uh, that all they could hear from one end to the other. But the angel appeared to the shepherds and said, I bring you. And you know, our relationship with God is just that. It's a personal relationship. Somebody said not long ago, you know, it doesn't matter if grandma and grandpa were saved and served the Lord faithfully. It doesn't matter if mom and dad were saved and served the Lord faithfully. You've got to come to Jesus Christ yourself. You have to have that personal relationship and that walk with Him. And the thing about this, each and every one of us, as unique as we are in our own lives and our, our, our individuality, we're that unique in our relationship with God. All of our relationships, even though we all come through Jesus Christ, it all is established the same way, but yet we all have a personal, intimate relationship with God. And folks, he, hey listen, He cares for us. Yes, yes, he yes. showed that He cared for us when He sent His Son. This is the fulfillment of all those scriptures and those prophecies. When Jesus was born in that manger, when, when the announcement was given to the shepherds, folks, it was the, 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 the culmination of all of those things coming together. And the angel has that message for the, the, the shepherds there. Not only is it a personal message to them, but all to all people. And it says, what is it about? It's a message about a baby. It said, for unto you is born this day in the city of David. Think about that. This child is different than any other child that was ever born and that would ever be born. This child was born without the stain of sin on his life. This child was born, as we said before, the seed of woman. There was no seed of man that corrupted Jesus when he became flesh for you and I and was born in that manger. Different than any other child. Matter of fact, folks, the Scripture tells us there, there's, there's three different names that are given to Him here. And we know, as, a, as we've read before and other times that we've preached, that they were told they would call His name Jesus. But I want you to look at the description that the angel uses here. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Think about that. One who's going to give His life. One who is going to save others. You remember what the Scripture said? Thou shalt call His name Jesus for what? He shall save His people from their sins. The only Savior that we have, the only one that's going to be able to do that what all the sacrifices in the temple were insufficient, that all the blood of the bulls and the goats and whatever the sacrifice may be could never do the blood of Jesus Christ of this one baby. The blood that when He becomes a man and dies for you and I, His blood is going to be able to save us and He'll be our Savior. Not only is He Savior, but it also says... What? A Savior which is Christ. The Anointed One. That's what Christ means. The Messiah. Letting them know this was the one that was prophesied. This was the one spoken of all down through the ages. This was the one that was promised from the beginning. This is the one that God said would come. This is the one who was what? God in the flesh. Emmanuel, the Scripture says. God with us. 
So not only is he Savior, not only is he Christ, but look at this last description or last name that the angel gives. Christ what? The Lord. And this identifies that he's what? He is Emmanuel. He is God in the flesh. And some people say, well, preacher, I need you to explain to me. How, how could God come down in the flesh but yet still be on the throne? How could God be here? Let me tell you something, folks. There's something that's called the Trinity. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. When Jesus Christ came down as God the Son, listen, God in the flesh, God was still on the throne. The Holy Spirit was still there and His presence everywhere. There's never been a separation, if you will, but yet we see that when you use that word Lord, it identifies Him as who? As God. The one who was there and said, let us make man in our own image. The one who was there that said, let there be light. And spoke the world that we know into existence. The one that was there that took that little bit of dirt and put it together and breathed the breath of life in His nostrils and man became a living soul. He's always been there from the beginning and that title Lord identifies Him as Lord of all, yet He's a babe lying in a manger. And if you never thought about it, sometimes you go back look to the Old Testament and there's times when we see that word Lord and it's in all capitals. And you know what that's telling you, I, you and I? That that is God. He is Yahweh. He is Jehovah. He is the one, folks, that, that did it all, that does it all. He is the one that is in control. And this is the same that was born in, in that babe in a manger. And it wasn't enough that, that the shepherds were, were, were a witness to this magnificent fact, folks. But think about what it says there. Christ the Lord, this shall be a sign unto you. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. And then look what took place. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Not enough that they would receive the announcement, but also getting to witness some miraculous thing as, as the angel. And you got to try to, you know, we can imagine as much as we can with our mind what it looked like. Maybe the angel was, was up in the heavens, maybe down close to where they are. But yet what happened? I believe the heavens opened. And what does it say there? Listen. <laughs> A multitude of the heavenly host praising God. Now think about that a minute. How many is a multitude? Was it a hundred? A thousand? Ten thousand? I believe it was a number that no man could number. That all the host of heaven. You've got to understand something, folks. Jesus Christ, there from the beginning, the Alpha and the Omega. Though the host of heaven would have known that, that he was born this day, the host of heaven glorifying God, praising him for God sending this Savior into the world. Now you think about it, they, they glorified God and they praised that the shepherds were able to, to, to see this wonderful event. And as not only was, was a rejoicing there, but there was a rejoicing in, in the, the multitude of the host of heaven, of Jesus Christ. And look at the message. What did it say? Glory to God in the highest. Folks, all that is done is to be done to give God glory. That's what he asked you and I to do. That's what Jesus did. Everything that he's done was to glorify the Father. Amen. And that's all that God asks from you and I. And everything that we do, let's do it in a way that glorifies God. Yeah. And folks, just to see and witness what they witnessed, as I said, I don't think we could wrap our minds around it uh, of exactly what took place. But now look what happened here. And, and I do want to touch on one thing before I go on. You know what the, the, the message of the multitude of heaven was? Glory to God. But it said, on earth, peace. Goodwill toward men. 
You know what Jesus said? I believe it's over in Matthew chapter 10. He says, don't think that I've come to bring peace. He said, I've come to bring a sword. He's going to be a division. And folks, there's things today, and, and, and you hear all of it in the news, there's things that divide people. There, there, there's classes as we talk about. There's races as we talk about. There's all these manner of things that divide people. But you know there's only one division really that matters among people. And it's those that have accepted Christ and those that have rejected Christ. Right. And Jesus even spoke there in Matthew when He said, I don't think that I've come to bring peace. I've come to bring a sword. He said, there's going to be a sword. There's going to be a, a, a separation there. What? Between children and parents. And it's all going to be because of Jesus Christ. Now we know that this great message, this great tidings that was come from the, the, heaven, the heavenly host was certainly the goodwill of God toward men sending His Savior here. And, and, and maybe that, that peace of God is going to be available now. But yet Jesus said, I come to bring a sword. Now let's look at what the, the shepherds did. <laughs> they heard the message. said, when the angels were gone away from them in heaven... Now, you ever think about that? The Bible says there was an angel appeared to him, and the angel said, then there was a multitude of the heavenly host, and then here it says the angels, the heavenly host, all. And as it came to pass, as the angels, verse 15, were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, man, did you see what I saw? Did that really happen to us? I must be dreaming. No, this is what the Bible says. They said, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass. Now you talk about faith. That's faith right there. Yeah. Now here's these lonely shepherds out on the hillside. An angel appears to them, gives them a message of the birth of a child, which is a Savior, Christ the Lord. And then the heavenly uh, hosts appear and are singing praises to God. And, and, and immediately when all that's gone, what do they say? Let's go see this that has come to pass. They didn't say, let's go see if it's real. They didn't say, you know, they could have sat there and could have debated. Well, you know, it would probably be a good idea to go see if this really happened. But you know what? We're in charge of these sheep. And if we leave our sheep and something happens to them, then, then we're in trouble. It might cost us our life. So we better just stay where we are. There was no regard or no second thought, at least we're not told in the Scripture, of anything other than, let's go see this baby. They could have doubted it. Now wait a minute. you believe that story? Uh, that's just too far-fetched. I'm, I'm staying right here. I'm not wasting my time to go all the way down there and see something that never happened because that's just too unbelievable. They could have just rejected it and said, well, you know what? Even if it is real, I don't want to go see it. I don't have time for that. I'm just going to sit right here, tend my sheep, take care of my business, and not worry about anything else. They could have dissected it. Well, now let's think about this for a minute. Let's take this exactly what, what the angel said. Said there was a babe born. And the babies, they could have went through all these manner of different things and, and even talked about, man, this is just too far into Bethlehem. That's asking too much of us to, to go down there, so, so we'll just stay here. And they could have ignored it. You see, that's what people do with the gospel today. 
There's those that doubt it. There's those that reject it. There's those that ignore it. There's those that, to them, it's unbelievable. They try to debate it, try to dissect it, and figure it all out. You're never going to do it. We just need to understand and, and respond to what the Word of God says. So in all of these responses that they could have had, they chose to believe. Didn't say, as we said, well, let's go see if it happened. They said, let's go see this thing which has come to pass. Folks, that's all we need to do to the Word of God. It says they came with haste. They found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they had known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. Which tells me they never said anything to anybody. They went down and made a, a trail right down to the manger. And when they had seen it, See, we can hear the, the gospel. We can hear the Word of God. We can hear the, the things of, uh, about faith and what the Word of God says. But when, until we see it ourselves, that's when it truly becomes real. Even though faith we may have believed. So they, they with haste seen it, made known abroad the same which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Folks, hearing about Jesus is one thing. But seeing for yourself, it's an entirely different thing. Amen. Amen. And I've often said, I, I love to hear people stand and testify what God has done for them. But let me tell you, I know what He's done for me. Amen. And what He's done for me is, is precious. And what He's done for me are, are, are things that, that to me he, He'll do for me and nobody else. That's why it always amazes me that somebody says, stands up and says, you know, God did this for me. God did. We all feel like God just loves us individually and personally, and He does. And when we know Him and we walk with Him, so what did they do? Folks, they left when they had seen it. They made known abroad. They left, and what were they doing? They were spreading the message of Jesus' birth. They weren't talking about the angels. They weren't talking about the bright light. They weren't talking about the host of heaven. They were talking about this child. Now think about it. They that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Now think about this. Once again, remember who these shepherds are in society. They're low class. They're dirty. They smell. They spend their lives with animals. They, they don't need to be a part of society. And then they come telling them what the message of the birth of the Savior of, Lord, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the people that heard it from the shepherds wondered they wondered, folks. And you think about what kind of impact that it may have had upon them. And it says, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. What does it say there? Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She's already had an experience with an angel. Joseph has always had, already had an experience with an angel. And then when the shepherds are telling of their experience, she just kind of thought, yeah, that's God for you. Another confirmation of what He told us before Jesus was ever born. And then the Bible said that what they, what, they returned. Where did they return to? They returned to their sheep. And I just about guarantee the whole time they were gone, the sheep were left on their own. Not one of them was touched. 
Not one of them was mangled by a wolf. Not one of them was one of the, the, the enemies that they had came upon them. God protected them. And what did they do when they were going back, folks, to their, their sheep there? The Bible said they were glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. That's all we need to do, folks, is glorify God for all that we have heard and we have seen. You've seen things I haven't seen. I've seen things you haven't seen, heard things you haven't heard, and vice versa. But yet, we need to glorify God. Give Him the praises for the things that what? That we have heard and that we have seen. Now, there's those people that, that want to say, and, and I, I got over this a long time ago. Well, I'm not going to shop at this store because they don't say Merry Christmas. That doesn't change the birth of Jesus Christ. Well, you know, I've studied it out, and it, it wasn't in December when Jesus was born. So we're celebrating the wrong. Doesn't matter. Doesn't change the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And folks, His birth made the, a difference in this world like nothing else would or ever do. But the point is this. For the child of God, every day, every day, is about the birth of Jesus Christ. As we stand. Heads bowed for a moment. Very simply today. Paul said in one of his books, Thanks be unto God for this unspeakable gift. Folks, when I see that word unspeakable, we know, well, we, we just, you can't say. I think it means indescribable. A lot of gifts are exchanged every year. No doubt the same thing's going to happen later this week. Gifts are going to exchange. And, and there's going to be phone calls made. And there's going to be time for, well, what'd you get? And we'll explain what we got. We'll describe it. But yet this gift that God has provided for you and I in Jesus Christ is beyond description. Amen. We can't put it into words what He's given us in Jesus Christ. It's indescribable, unspeakable, as Paul uses that word. But if you're here today, never accepted that gift that God has given you. Now, I've used this illustration as far as I know every year. This is the 21st Christmas message I've preached to you. And I've used this illustration every year. And I'll use it again. You may have a gift for somebody at your home. Somebody may have a gift for you at their home. And, and I, I believe if you go look at that gift, it's got your name on it. Or your gift has that other person's name on it. Now, it's their gift. You've purchased it for them. You've provided it for them. going to give it to them. But yet it's still not theirs, even though their name is on it. And when does it become theirs? When they accept it and receive it. You see, God has provided this gift in Jesus Christ of everlasting life. Forgiveness of sin. And it's got your name on it. It's got my name on it. But that gift doesn't become ours until we accept it and receive it. If you're here today and don't know the Lord as your Savior, let me tell you something. The greatest gift you could ever receive is waiting for you to accept it. And Christians today, not, let's not get so busy, so wrapped up in everything that's going on around us. Don't get so used to the, the, the Christmas message that, that it loses its meaning. 
for it's the greatest gift that's ever been given. God bless you. Appreciate each and every one this morning. Anybody have any announcements you need to make? Anything to add to the service?